1: I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, and also the Georgia nuisance vertebrate expert this morning. Lots of questions about squirrels and rats and armadillos and possums and beaver, and if you have a question about that or anything else about something green in your landscape, my number is 404 872 Irving is in Thomason. Irving thinks he's got a bright idea this morning. Irving, hey, good morning. Hey,
0: good morning, Mr. Walter. What can I do
1: for you, Irving?
0: Well... I did something. I'm, I've been listening to you talk about uh, moles and wolves. Yeah. This is not for wolves. It won't <laughs> work on them. But it will work on moles, and it work on armadillos. What's that? About four years ago, I used milky spore in my flower beds.
1: Right. Because
0: I just got tired of the uh, armadillos and the moles just tearing them up. And it took almost a year for the Milky Spore to start working. But I have not had an armadillo in my flower beds Mm. in over three years now.
1: So let me translate for other listeners who are not quite sure what Milky Spore is. For people who have grubs, white grubs that are the larvae of Japanese beetles and may beetles and june bugs and things, those white grubs can get or can be given, I guess, a disease called milky spore disease. It makes them sort of turn white and they die in the soil. And one of the natural ways of controlling grubs in lawns is to apply milky spore powder to the whole lawn. It makes the grubs sick. They die. And so Irving is proposing that if he kills all the grubs in his lawn, then the armadillos and the moles are no longer interested in, in being there. Is that right, Irving? Pretty much.
0: That's correct. I've had real good success with it. All right, that, I, that I live is... on a pretty good size area, and the areas because it's not cheap, and it you know to to treat the uh, with it, but the areas I have it works, and on a wet day uh-huh. uh, when it's warm, the armadillos just tear up the areas. In the wooded areas.
1: I was trying to get my my thoughts together just a second ago you heard a moment of silence here. The moment of silence is because science does not absolutely support killing grubs and uh, other creatures that moles and armadillas eat. But enough people have told me by their own experience, like you Irving, that they put the milky spore stuff down, they didn't have many armadillas and didn't have any moles going tunneling underneath the yard. So, I will say that anecdotally this works, but I cannot say it has any research behind it. How about that? So, if it works for everything.
0: It. just my own. Personal
1: research. Then Irving's personal research says that he put milky spore disease down You can buy it online, some nurseries have it And you put it out and that kills the grubs And theoretically then controls armadillos and moles in the yard So we have Irving's anecdotal evidence But again, I have not found any scientific research That says we tried our best to, to, uh, to get rid of the moles and armadillos using milky spore So okay, if people want to do it, that's fine with me, Irving And your testimony hopefully will be repeated in their yards too
0: All right, It's worth worth, uh, trying instead of having to go out and stomp every day.
1: (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. And and like Irving said, milky spore disease is not cheap. And in my view, the best place to buy it is online from somebody who says this is fresh. Because a couple of uh, years ago, there was a big scandal when all the milky spore disease that was found at stores and garden centers and all turned out to be dead. There were no live spores in the product. And so that was sort of a come-to-Jesus meeting for all the people who had been using Milky Spore thinking that it was fresh and worked well. So if you buy it online, hopefully you'll buy it from somebody who's a trusted supplier for it. Try it and we'll see. If anybody else has any good positive results from getting rid of armadillos and moles by using Milky Spore disease on grubs, let me know. Comes now Mr. Lewis from Macon, Georgia. Lewis joins us on Lawny Garden.
2: Lewis, Yeah, Yeah, hey. uh, well, I've been uh, watching this show about ginseng. Yeah. And I wanted to know: Is it really in the North Georgia Mountains, and is that the only place it'll grow?
1: No, it grows in anywhere in North Carolina, Tennessee, uh, a little bit of South Carolina, up in the northeastern part in the Chattahoochee Nature Preserve. That's where ginseng does pretty well. Not, I won't say it's a lot of it, but there's some growing there. There is a season where it's uh, allowed to be picked. So,
2: so you couldn't put it in like a planting pot and grow it at the house. It has to grow in the mountains.
1: Generally, it doesn't do well being transplanted. It's sort of like lady slippers. It seems to have some association with the surrounding soil, fungi, and bacteria that unless you bring a lot of dirt from that spot where the ginseng is growing, you're not going to be successful just digging it up and putting it in a pot on the back patio. No.
2: So is it, is it endangered or is it plentiful? But ha- like the season is only like from the spring to the fall or no. is, that, is that a
1: typical season oh man the season is very this can this is only applies to the chattahoochee natural uh, management area but the season most of the times is just a couple of weeks in september it's not spring through fall at all and you have to oh, get okay. a per, you have to get a permit from the uh dnr to harvest and during that season that little two-week season in september you get a permit they only give out i think 30 or 40 maybe permits to all the people who ever, who um, want to go and harvest ginseng in the forest up there. And so it is very, very regulated. You can't do any from the uh, other forest services or other forest natural areas. You have to do it in the Chattahoochee only. You can't harvest ginseng on state lands. And Let's see what else I remember about it. The wild ginseng, I guess, is, of course, is the one that people prefer because they think, well, this is the natural stuff. You can grow it in rows, but it's, it's sort of a Hard plant to get to thrive and do very well So frankly, I think it's easier just to Buy ginseng at the health food store and not Worry too much about uh, trying to Harvest it because it's tough. you got to jump through A lot of hoops to, to get a permit to do The ginseng. Temple is In Covington, Georgia, and she joins us On Lawn Garden. Hey, Temple, good morning
2: Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Uh, I have got some Ginkgo seeds that a friend gave Me, and I've been putting them in pots to Raise, and I want to to do a whole Group of them. Okay Uh, I don't know, I've been told that the male seed is very smelly, and I've never, Hmm. I don't know whether the female, whether there are seeds from that tree or not, or if I plant a whole lot of uh, trees, if I need a female tree to go with the male tree.
1: Well, how far away from your house are you you going to plant the trees eventually? Well, actually, I'm going
2: to plant them in a meadow.
1: Is it going to be anywhere close to where people live or walk or...
2: Well, Did where they,
1: they walk, think. yes. The reason I'm asking for listeners again, we'll translate a little bit of what the conversation with Temple is about. Ginkgo trees, you know, very beautiful trees as we know, have that beautiful yellow foliage in the fall and they're great trees, but they are dioecious. You have a male ginkgo trees and female ginkgo trees. The female ginkgo trees have a fruit, a little thing looks about the size of a plum, sort of a tan color that drops copiously from female trees in the fall. And it smells like vomit. Basically, it is the stinkiest stuff in the whole wide world. So if you have a female ginkgo tree near a sidewalk or near the house where people might walk or where the fruit might fall and be split open and... Exude that smell you don't, want to, you don't want to have so much of that So now if you buy a ginkgo tree From a nursery, they are grafted Male specimens, they have been grafted From a male tree, so you know they won't have flowers They won't have any fruit And that's what you buy from a nursery But if you put seeds in the ground Man, I guess Temple, you'd have a 50-50 chance Of the trees that come up from the seed Being either male or female And the smelliness of the seed I don't think has anything to do with Determining which is male and which is female
2: all right, now how far apart would I plant them?
1: You know, when you're getting started, I would plant them a foot apart. Just have a little sunny bed and plant the seeds a foot apart and well, no, uh, let them sprout. Trees.
2: If I'm, if I've got some that I've got one or two that I tried last year that came up out of about six. And I didn't know how far apart to plant them or If you say, plant in them for
1: in their original um, you know, If you're going to have a permanent place for them yes. I would go 40 to 50 feet from each 40 other 40 to 50 feet yeah, that's about And right. I still
2: don't understand about the male and female mm-hmm. uh, How can I identify? It's the female that drops the seed exactly. Is that correct?
1: You can't identify them until they start flowering And when they start flowering If they're male flowers, you won't see any seed And it may take 20 years before they start flowering
2: so you really don't know. You but really you don't, don't know. have to have both.
1: You don't know, male. not at all. There's enough ginkgo pollen running around for the females to be pollinated, but it is a gamble. It is a 20 year gamble. You will not know if you've won until 20 years after you plant the ginkgo seed.
2: Wow. Well, I want it to look like the one in the front of the high museum.
1: Oh, aren't they great? Those. I was thinking about that that tree just as you were talking, thinking, wow, they were really pretty leaves in front of the the high museum downtown. But those trees, of course, are fifty or sixty years old. Oh, at least it, so, it was
2: big when when my husband and I courted underneath uh-huh, of it. Uh huh. So, 50 years
1: ago, so... But again, if you maybe if you plant them far enough from the house, then might maybe not even matter whether the female or the male is the one that sprouts up, because it'll be far enough away that you don't smell it. And I'll be honest, I have a female that was planted in my landscape before I bought my house, and only in the last couple of years, and I've been there 25 years, but only in the last couple have I noticed fruit coming from one of the trees back in, thankfully, the back corner of my landscape, And I just say, well, okay, it's pretty leaves. The fruit's not close to the house. I'm going to go ahead and leave it there. And uh, I'm not going to cut the female down just because it has fruit, because it really doesn't impinge on the enjoyment of my landscape at all. But again, 50-50 chance. If you plant Geico seed, 50-50 chance of having a male or a female eventually in that spot. It's 719, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Chilly today and warming up a little bit to the 50s, so it won't be too bad this afternoon. Expect clear and sunny skies all day. And then tonight, cold comes back. Oh, man, it's going to be in the low 20s overnight. Sort of chilly. Stay tuned. It last week. most accurate and dependable forecast. Comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jackie is out in Covington, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jackie. Hello, hey. good morning. Good morning.
0: I am having uh, trouble with slugs. I try to put flowers along my walkway in mm. my front yard, and every year slugs are just eat every single one of the flowers. I've used bowls of beer. Yeah. I've used slug bait. Nothing seems to work.
1: I got pictures from uh, my friend Diana, who had a verbena plant in her flower bed. And she said, I had no idea what was eating my flowers until I went out one night and took my camera. And she showed me a picture. There must have been 50 slugs crawling up and down the stems of her verbena mm-hmm. plant eating yeah. the flowers right out of it. I would not have yeah. believed it had I not seen mm-hmm. the picture there. I try. I have a, I had two verbena that I was uh, sent by a plant company who wanted me to trial them in my garden. And I planted them in spring last year. And by June, I think they were looking pretty nice, they had flowers on them. And then, in the next week or so, all the flowers disappeared. I put the bowl of beer next to my uh, next to my verbena and caught probably fifty of the little slugs. And that eliminated them from my landscape, Jackie. So I say just do the simple one. Put a bowl of beer out there. Just keep putting the bowls of beer out. Yeah, just keep putting the bowls of beer. It's very attractive to to slugs and snails. They'll come in and drown, hopefully, in the beer and won't attack the rest of your flowers. But I don't think there's anything more effective than that, even the commercial slug and snail poisons. So i would just do that. Alright, thanks Thanks for calling. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news.
0: M-A-M-A-S-U-L-T-S Banana slots Cruising through the grass Gonna kill
1: 7.36, 31 degrees outside, a chilly Saturday morning, going to be sunny this afternoon, so have a real nice afternoon, and then back down into the icebox this evening, around in the low, low, low 20s, maybe even teens this afternoon, or this evening, I mean, huh, look forward to that. This morning I got up and was changing clothes to get ready to come over here, and I heard water running outside, and I thought, oh Lord, I have left one of my one of my faucets running or something has burst in the night or something I don't really want to deal with this morning at 5.30, and so I just went down to the basement and turned my water off, so I won't have to deal with that a little bit later today when I get home from the radio show. Let's give away the weekend prospect. Rachel Perry is here this morning screening call. She is thinking of a number between 2 and 7. It will determine who wins a pair of tickets to see Jackie Ivanko in concert February 20th at Atlanta Symphony Hall, produced by ASO Presents, plus a family four-pack of tickets to see the Gwinnett Gladiators versus South Carolina Stingrays on March 7th at the Arena at Gwinnett Center, plus a pair of tickets to see Barry Manilow in concert June the 4th at the Arena at Gwinnett Center. If you would like to win these things, you will have to be caller number... Rachel.
0: That would be caller number five.
1: Caller number five to our contest line, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Dial carefully if you're caller number five. Jackie Ivanko, Gwinnett Gladiators, and Barry Manilow could be yours. At 737, Jackie joins us. you News Talk WSB, Jackie. Good morning. Hey, Walter. How are you? I'm fine. Jackie, how can I help?
2: I have an invasion of uh, monkey grass in the zoysia, and I was wondering if uh, now would be the time to put Round up on a Swiffer and kind of drag it across there
1: Beautiful answer, and that's exactly right Now's the fine time You won't get immediate results, Jackie In other words, you're not going to see the Lyriop just turn brown and die in the next two days But over a period of probably ten days I'm thinking you'll see the Lyriop begin to look sort of yellow And sort of scunched up a little bit And eventually it'll die And you won't have it in the zoysia anymore Oh, great Okay, thank you. Wait, 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 wait. There's some listeners out there right now, Jackie, who are saying, Swiffer? Did I hear her say Swiffer? So tell everybody what your Swiffer tool does, how you work it.
2: Um, well, it comes with um, cloth, mm-hmm. and it's a sort of a flat mop. And uh, you spray the Roundup on the cloth and uh, attach it to the mop and um, drag it across the top of the lirio. I, that's how I understand it.
1: You're exactly right. You've done it very well. That's exactly what I recommend. You could use foam paint brushes. Some people do that. They spray the roundup on a foam paint brush and paint the top of plants they want to get out of. They're good plants out there. Um, I have seen one person sent me a picture of a. How can I describe this, Jackie? It's a. It's a rope. Is what it is. A thick absorbent cotton rope that was at the bottom of a. PVC pipe, and he said, I can just pour the Roundup mixture into the PVC pipe, it gradually soaks into the rope, and I can take this and drag it around the yard to all the weeds, I don't touch the uh, leaves of my good turf grass in the yard, and he was thinking he would patent or do something, copyright this, uh, this plan, and make a million dollars. I don't know if he did it or not, but he used the absorbent rope, well, the foam paintbrush, the Swiffer, all those work real well. Okay. All right. Uh,
2: well, thank you.
1: Good luck with it, Jackie. Thanks for calling.
2: Okay, bye-bye.
1: My number is 404-872-0750. If you want to join us for a conversation about your garden, your lawn, your trees, your shrubs, your flowers, your bugs, or your vertebrate wildlife that are getting on your nerves. One of the things that I think about with uh, Leary Oaks is that there are actually two kinds, in my experience, two kinds of lyriope and two different species of lyriope. There's lyriope spicata, and then there's the clumping lyrio, which most people have. But the Liriope spicata is the one that just invades everywhere. When I moved into my house 25 years ago, the back quarter, I guess, of the landscape had a lot of azaleas there, and I remember thinking when I moved into the house, oh boy, these azaleas are really going to be pretty. They were pretty, but the other thing that grew up around it, the Liriope was all underneath the azaleas and everywhere in my backyard. And I said, nah, I don't want this. And so I started digging it up and quickly decided that was not exactly the fun job that I thought it would be. And so I started spraying the Liriope Spicata, the spreading Liriope, with Roundup. And that was back when Roundup was about the only brand name you could buy, but I sprayed it with Roundup every. I don't know, every two or three weeks during the summertime, and was able to finally get control of the spreading lirio, lirio spicata. and uh, no longer have any of it, as far as I can tell, in my backyard. But the way you can tell the difference between the two, if you have a patch and you're wondering why it's spreading into the beds where you don't want it to, the Liriope mascari, the clumping Liriope, has, generally speaking, Purples, purple-ish uh, Foliage on it, and the foliage generally Stays above, or, or the flowers, I should Say, purplish flowers, and the flowers Stay above the foliage, whereas Liriope spicata typically Has sort of small white flowers And the foliage is way, or the flowers. Again, the flowers are way down in the foliage. And so that's the way you can tell the two of them apart. And then their behavior itself is such that the spicata just moves, 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 and gets way into your lawn, gets way under your um, flowers and shrubs and things in the landscape, whereas the clumping lyriope, the lyriope muscari, stays where it's supposed to and is a, is a fine ground cover to have. Bobo is in Decatur. Bobo joins us on Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey, Bobo. What's up? What's the best way to get squirrels out of your attic? My brother (laughs) asked me that question 20, how old is Emily now, 27, 26 years ago, and I said at the time the wrong answer, Bobo. I said, well, you just put some mothballs up there and they'll drive them out. And he put mothballs, put a five-gallon bucket of mothballs in his attic. And within an hour, he knew he had done the wrong thing because his whole house smelled like mothballs. And little Emily, little baby Emily, was back and going, <coughs> Because mothballs are bad news For lungs, babies, old folks And it's not the right way To keep squirrels out of an attic anyway They don't really care about the smell of mothballs So it's not good
0: for you either No,
1: not at all good for you The uh, gas that's put off by mothballs Is, I think, implicated in cancer And some other mean things That happen to your body from breathing it But what I think you should do Is use a live trap In a place in your yard Where squirrels are commonly seen in my yard uh-huh. it's near the bird feeder your yard may be something different but go get one of the have a heart live trap things and uh, bait it with some sunflower seed and put it out where the squirrels generally can be found and eventually you'll get the one that climbs in the attic you don't have to climb up in the attic through that little scuttle hole and try to get around amongst the insulation and stuff up there but if you get uh-huh. the trap outdoors where squirrels congregate I'm Confident, the one that's in the attic will come out and will get caught in the trap. Take them. You will eventually miles away. get the
0: one that's yeah, the ones that are in the attic.
1: Yeah, exactly. They they can't stay in the attic all winter long. They have to come out and eat. Eventually, you'll get one. Awesome. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Thank you, Walter. Two miles away. When you release them, two miles away in a place that you have permission to do it. Don't just release them on the highway. Hey, if you like
0: when you let them out, will they struggle to survive? <sighs>
1: You know, that's a good point, Bubba. You're exactly right. When you put a squirrel out in a new environment, they don't know where their food, water, shelter, or anything is in the new environment. So for at least a few days, they're going to be sort of lost. They'll find a little place to hole up in and sort of gradually explore and find out where they fit into the new environment. But they but it's just,
0: possible They just forage and eventually find food,
1: right? I believe they will, but I think those first couple of days are the most, I guess, hazardous for the squirrels. Uh, for the squirrel's life. is it, can I put in a pack new a plus? lunch for him or something? Bobo, you can do <laughs> whatever you want to. I'm not sure that I care that much about what a squirrel thinks, but <laughs> if you feel like packing a lunch for him, a little peanut butter sandwich, and you put it out in the woods for the squirrel you release, okay, if that's what you want to do. Bobo, thanks so much for calling. I appreciate it. And the picture of packing a little lunch for the squirrel. is staying in my brain right now. John is in Jonesboro and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, John, good morning. Oh, good morning, Walter. How can um, I help, John? I've got uh, a lawn that I just cut
0: three huge pines out of. And uh, I had the stumps ground up. And yeah. I have taken most of the chips and uh, ground them into the front yard, which used to be a pre-existing uh. uh Centipede lawn. Got it. Uh had uh clay base and it was pretty hard, so I scrammed up the chips and uh since then I've come over the top uh with uh, two inches of topsoil. Mm-hmm. So uh screen topsoil. Okay. Uh I think I want to go back with centipede again, give it another try. All right. And I was wondering about uh I was reading online it said to put lime down. I didn't think that uh centipede liked lime. G- Centipede uh, does not like to be in
1: very acid soil But centipede can tolerate more acidic soil Than Bermuda or fescue can So why this place said to put down lime Sort of -of matter-of-factly without having a a soil test It would be nice to have a soil test To see what the existing acidity of the soil is So I'm not going to put down lime Before I plant centipede Unless I know what the soil pH is Okay
0: Um, And uh, can I plant that this time of year? Uh, the the sod in the sp- or sprig I'm not sure which one I want to yeah, do. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure you're going to find sod centipede sod at this time of year. So I don't even believe okay, you will be able to. They had it. Well, I don't think this is the right time to do it anyway. It's too cold. It's going to be in the okay. teens maybe tonight or over the next week or so. And if I were going to be if I were asked when to plant centipede the. Ultimate best time is in May when the soil has warmed up a little bit. In April when you got, you know, some moisture, it's not going to be real dry like it would be in July. So if you're going to do sprigs or sod, I think May is the right time to do it. What can I do in the meantime? I'm sitting here with a a pretty (laughs) ugly yard, aren't you? Yeah, I had to get (laughs) the trees out. Oh, John. You could try, if you want to, putting ryegrass seed out there. Rye germinates in cold soil. It's going to be chancy because there's not a lot of warmth in the soil to make the rye seed want to germinate right now, but that's about the only thing I could think of that you could even try is ryegrass. And ryegrass can't stand heat, so it sort of dies away eventually during the summertime. But what a lot of people do who are Sort of in your situation Is I put ryegrass seed out now See if it germinates And when it does germinate Hopefully in April Let it grow Until about the Two weeks Two weeks Or a week and a half Before you want to plant Your ultimate centipede Or Bermuda Or whatever you're planting And then spray it all With Roundup And till it in So that you have a nice uh, seed bed of uh, bare soil But you got from February To May To do something with it And I guess ryegrass Is about your only choice John
0: Okay uh, I sure do appreciate it, Well,
1: All right, man. Good talking to you. We'll see you soon. You too. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty the number you can dial. To take John's place. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. It's seven forty eight, and you are listening to Lawn and Garden.
0: This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic of weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at a.m. 7.50 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with
1: Walter Reeves. Scott, you have touched my heart. Theme from a summer place. And... This maybe it's more information, Scott, that you need to know. One of the sexiest songs in my life because I was danced to this song, slow dancing to this song, at Wasika 4-H Club Center up in North Georgia when I was 16 years old. And you know what 16-year-olds are all about at the time. And I had a girl in my arms dancing to a summer place. <sighs> a full weekend... <laughs> <laughs> A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be chilly this morning, 31 degrees outside right now, going up into the maybe the upper 50s by this afternoon. And tonight, cold comes back. Vengeance with overnight lows in the low 20s and maybe into the, low, the high teens this evening. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Bo is in Homer, Georgia, and Bo joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bo, good morning. Good morning, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, sir. How can I help? Wonderful.
0: I have I'm I'm kind of a rookie to the sod uh scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Just recently
0: bought a home that has sod and um it is dormant, I believe it's Bermuda, but I'm having some patches of clover. Mm-hmm. I was wondering what would be the best action, least invasive on the on the Bermuda to get rid of that
1: stuff. Both uh, both Scotts and uh, Ortho miracle Grove folks, and the Bayer people as well, all have what I call my winter, season-long weed control hose-in products. And I know on the... uh uh, Bayer folks, it's called Season Long Weed Control and I think it's Ortho Max Weed Control is the other one you get from Ortho but both of them are really easy to apply and I use one or the other most every year, in fact I think it was about six or seven days ago that I used one of them on my lawn I have St. Augustine grass of course and so I sprayed it with the hose end um, gizmo that comes with it and I think the clover is sort is of crinkling up a little bit right now that's what I would do, get one of those commercial Bayer, Scott's, Ortho uh, weed control products and just spray it on the lawn. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It for the information. Read the label and be sure you follow it exactly, Bo. That's always the thing to remember. Read the label. Make sure it can be used on your particular grass and uh, it will control your particular weed. Okay? All right. Thank you. You bet, Bo. Thanks for coming. Coming up in the next uh, half hour, Robert in Fairburn says he has a ball spot in his lawn and doesn't know what to do to fix that, Jr has a uh, zoysia grass question. Laura in Mableton wants to know what is the best fruit tree to grow in Georgia. I have answers for all of them. I have an answer for the question you're too shy to call me and ask. 404-872-0750. It's just a phone call. Get your garden questions answered right here. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news.